We're back for more. It's, uh, what is this show called? This is Three Point Range. This is the one where uh, Mike Berardino, your host, the one speaking, is joined, as always, by the scout, Kimball Crosley, the scout founder, uh, the one who really wanted to do this podcast this week at this time, late night podcast. And in our leadoff man, as always, it seems like, is the professor, Tim Crothers. Tim? Well, let me just say that there's a reason I lead off, and that's because uh, we want to we want to lure our our listeners in with something good, and then then we'll just and we just take our chances after that. But oh. let's let's start with uh, with this. If you redo it, it will suck. <laughs> if you redo it, it will suck. Obviously, I'm referring to this week's Field of Dreams game, and you guys know I am as cynical as they come. I mean, if 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 we had to pick amongst three the three cynics of us, I'd probably be the biggest one of all of us. And uh, I would I I have to admit that I thought the Field of Dreams game was as close to perfect as anybody could have imagined. I just, I, everything about it seemed to fall into place. Um, I don't, I don't give kudos to, to Rob Manfred or MLB very often. And I got to say that, uh, that, that show that they put on, um, was, was as, as good as anything that I have seen MLB do, uh, in, uh, since I can remember. And that's what worries me because just can't imagine how it can be reprised. I don't know what they can do for an encore. I mean, I know that it's already in the plans, and of course it is, because it was so wildly successful and so spectacular that how could you resist? But but I start to think about about the reality of it. And I start to, to fast forward to okay, apparently it's gonna be the Cubs and the Reds and in in 2022 and i think to myself all right so how is it going to be different from this past year and i got to believe first of all you know that kevin costner is cool enough to not want to be just flogged again for another go round with the field of dreams game i got to believe this is a one off for him so and i do believe that having costner there was was one of the reasons why it was so special so i don't think there's going to be a kevin costner next year I mean, when are, are you going to have the Cubs and the Reds walk out of the corn? Is that and that's going to be special again? I don't, I don't know about, I don't, I really see that happening. Uh, is the game going to play out as spectacularly as it did with a walk-off homer that uh, was reminiscent of a walk-off homer that Joe Jackson apparently hit way back when? I don't think so. So it, I just get back to that you got it right MLB and you almost never get it right but couldn't you just walk away before you ruin it i just i'm trying to i'm trying to envision next year's game and i just don't i just i just don't like what i see so you say all right well they bought they they built this amazing stadium and it was a really cool stadium and so you know, what am, what am I suggesting that we do with this fabulous stadium? I, I certainly don't think you build it and tear it down. So here's my, here's my uh, suggestion. 
we got the Iowa Cubs, right? The Iowa Cubs play in Des Moines. Um, if you're a team traveling traveling through through uh, minor league baseball and you're going to go to Des Moines, why not just go to Dyersville? It's De- Des Moines, Dyersville, who cares? It's all middle of a cornfield in Iowa as far as we all know. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, keep the stadium. Move the Iowa Cubs to Dyersville because at least for the short term and potentially for the long term, who wouldn't rather go to a game, an Iowa Cubs game in Dyersville than in Des Moines? With all due respect to whatever Des Moines Park looks like, I'm glad. I'm pretty sure it doesn't have the, the pizzazz that Dyersville now has. And you've got this, you know, you, you've got this incredible tourist attraction um, that has the potential to, in my in my mind, to be able to to host uh, AAA games just as just as uh, Des Moines does now. So I guess the bottom line is, in my mind, um, there's a reason why Costner never made Field of Dreams 2. And I say, let's not make Field of Dreams 2 in baseball. I mean, I know it's going to happen. And, and if we're all three still doing this podcast in, in 2022, on August 11th, 2022, when the next game is supposed to happen, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's as fabulous and magical and spectacular as this one was, but I, I just don't see it. So, MLB, ease my pain. <laughs> ease my pain. Don't do it again. What do you guys think? Well, I think. Uh, well, go ahead, Mike. No, I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, this is not. This is safe. I agree um, that. You can't just redo that game. I don't know about moving Iowa Cubs there. Um, who would be upset? The people of Des Moines, the good people of Des Moines, who have supported that team. And I have been to Des Moines uh, uh, for games, um, but I really don't. Is it better than Dyersville? I, I don't remember much about it, and I've never been to Dyersville, so I, I can't say. But you know, I like the idea of doing something different. Maybe you play a few. Iowa Cubs games there. Maybe you play some more low-key games there. Or, you know, maybe if you redo this game somehow, you do something different somewhere else. You find another place where you can do something special and say, hey, you know, let's let's play in this strange venue that maybe has some history to it and you do something like that. But yeah, it does seem like it's not a good idea to run it back. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. And yet they will. They will run it back. And um, I don't know if it'll be successful or not, but uh, I'm, I, I certainly didn't expect them to resist that temptation in Major League Baseball after all the praise that they got. And uh, they certainly didn't wait very long to, to say that they would be running. They didn't really study it very, very long. But uh, I think a few people have uh, taken a shot at where else this could be replicated. And just to play along with Tim's idea that once is magical and twice is uh, perhaps tired, um, maybe if Fox can build a little ballpark like that so quickly, that would be up to major league specs or for at least one game, I'd like to see them try it. Uh, I would submit for baseball. How about Hoboken, New Jersey in a, in a Legion field? Have you ever been on the, have you ever stood on that site right next to the Hudson where in 1845, that's the real birthplace of baseball, not Cooperstown, Hoboken. 
And uh, I think that would be an amazing site. And Hoboken could use a little boost. Of course, a little more expensive to build that stadium in New Jersey than in Iowa. But uh, Fox has the money. That would be uh, worthwhile. And, and I'd say basketball. Imagine an NBA game. We've already seen a college game on an aircraft carrier. That didn't go that well. But how about an NBA game at Rucker Park? Can you imagine if they could erect some stands there and pay homage to the uh, summer league and all the greats that have come through there, from Herman Helicopter Knowings to the other who could, who could who could who could dunk and and uh, and grab a quarter or a dollar off the top of the backboard and leave change? But uh, you know, in hockey, I would say I would take that game to Pond Hockey. In War Road, Minnesota, way up there at the top of the state, almost in Canada, pond hockey, a huge thing in Minnesota, uh, outdoor, natural, incredibly cold. You know, I know that they have the uh, game on New Year's Day, which is always really cool. But uh, you know, that's in a free, it's in a structure that's not known for hockey. It's usually a baseball stadium. But imagine if you did that. Uh, just as a as a as a one off, one off is is magical, has the potential for magic. But I am with Tim on that part. When you come back the second time, you'll never recapture the magic of it. And then by about the third or fourth time, in a little in a, in, a, in some ways, this reminds me of interleague play. The first couple of years of interleague play, after all those years of whoa, what if the all star game dynamic could be carried into the season? If we could just do that, and it was really cool the first few times. You know, once we got through every possible matchup. It was just another game. It pretty much is just another game, and so, but we still have it. We still have an early play, and and um, but I don't think people will circle the calendar waiting for that uh, uh, Cubs, White Sox, or Yankees Mets matchup every year the way they did, you know, quarter century ago. So, what do you think of those ideas, guys? That playing a basketball and NBA game that counted at Rucker Park, they could probably pull that off, right? Well, you guys finally amazed. (laughs) First of all, I'm amazed that that this has got to be a first. You you clearly did more preparation for your counterpoint than I did for my point. So bravo! (laughs) I mean, there. I'm. That doesn't sound like that came off the top of your head. If it did, it did. It very much did. I'm impressed. Um, And secondly, just to rebut. I mean, I I guess the good people of Des Moines. You know, I, I guess I'm not not feeling feeling their pain, but. But uh, I'll just say for my own for my own self, and I, I assume that most people in in the country would agree with me on this. If I had to choose between going to an Iowa Cubs game in Des Moines or in Dyersville, I'm going to Dyersville. So I, I, that that's you know I know there are logistical issues with this, but um, but it, you know if I'm ever if I ever find myself in Iowa. Uh, and there's a home game uh, for the Iowa Cubs. I'm probably not going if it's in Des Moines, but there's a decent chance I'm going if it's in Dyersville. So that's I, I, that would be my rebuttal to to Kimball's rebuttal. I would have a rebuttal to the rebuttal to the rebuttal, and that is leave Des Moines out of it. How about Cedar Rapids? I've been to Cedar Rapids before, <laughs> and uh, that's not any great shakes, that ballpark. That's where the Twins were for many years and uh dyersville is only 63 miles from cedar rapids so you certainly could could move a game at that level high a i think that's a little less uh, uh objectionable and certainly uh, that iowa you know, des moines is an important place i mean that's where the iowa caucuses 
that's where the media all camps out throughout the Iowa caucuses every four years. And uh, it's, a, it's a Drake University is based there. I'm not looking any of that up. But, no, uh, clearly no, you're not. No, my not daughter, looking off the screen toward my a, toward daughter. Computer, my okay. daughter once competed in a in a mock mediation event in a, at Drake University, and uh, would have been still... so much better in Dyersville. <laughs> she might have. She might have won. But uh, yeah, Dyersville and uh, Cedar Rapids, just uh, 63 miles apart. So, well, um, anything else on that? I think we're. That's uh, that was a fun topic. That was a good one. And now let's let's move on to topic number two. Not nearly as fun. And oh, uh, you're so wrong about that. About that, Kimball, uh, prove me wrong. I am going to prove you wrong. All right. So, as you guys probably know, and I don't know if our listeners know, but the NFL season has been expanded to 17 regular season games. Yes, what? 17. They're going to play 17 regular season games this year. No, nope. and of course. I was thinking, uh, why? Well, why do you think? No buy, um, no buy. They still have a. They... No, no, no. I, I, that doesn't matter. The buy. They're just still. Gonna, they're gonna play seventeen games. I think they're oh. still gonna have the buys. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're just trying to they cut their preseason games, and even though they've talked about not abusing the players and all that stuff, they've added an extra game. And so the only way I could address this, I was thinking about it, and uh, I uh, with apologies. To Janice Ian, I wrote a song, and I'm not a singer, but you're gonna get to hear me sing this song. So just Wait stick a with me. Who is Janice Ian? Who is Janice Ian, the singer of the famous song Seventeen? But here you go. I know you'll Paul, recognize Paul, this tune. Paul it's Hart a classic. It's a classic for us uh, of of our era. All right, ready? Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> All right, stick with me, guys. I learned the truth at 17. The NFL is all about greed. With owners and their wide grin smiles. Because they have TV revenue for miles. This Christmas there is something new. A Friday game that you can view. Isn't that quite beautiful? With 17, I learned the truth. And gamblers with their anxious faces, lacking in the sporting graces, desperately bet games at home, cause they can do it right on their phone. They call and say, come bet with me, offering bogus guarantees. Is it, it isn't all it seems at 17. Undrafted rookies and hand-me-downs, whose names none of you can pronounce, the owners say they're here to serve. They only get what they deserve. And the rich relationed hometown queen who married into owning a team is guaranteed profitability by this insane monopoly. Remember those who win the game still ending up living lives of pain with team doctors of poor quality who misdiagnose encephalopathy. Their concussed eyes will gape at you in dull surprise when payment due exceeds accounts received at 17. And to veterans who feel that pain with benefits that never came and surgeons who won't return their calls, you should have just played basketball. 
eight games at home and nine away. Ain't that stupid, you might say. So more losses surely will there be for long-suffering Jets fans like me. We all play the game when we dare. There's nothing like it to compare. Talking point spreads on the phone. Forgetting other lives we've known. The league calls and says, come dance with me. Forgive all my obscenities. And silly fans like me want 17. There you go. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I stand I by the up. lyrics. I stand by the lyrics. I can't, I can't, obviously my singing is awful, but I stand by those lyrics. I think we've done something special. Here. You had me, you had me at Ensalafu. Exactly. It's, it's a hard word to say and yeah. it's a harder word to C -T -E. sing. CTE, CTE, yeah. there you go. Wow, but that's, a, that's, a, I, that's an historic achievement. I can't believe I used to take crap from you guys for over-preparing my, my uh, points. <laughs> I never gave you crap for I don't think that was improv. I, don't, I really don't think of that was improv. Of course it was improv. As, as, as I worked hard at improv that. As you, improv as you are, Kimball, I don't think that was improv. No, it wasn't. It mm -hmm. was prepared. It was, yep. uh, and I stand by. It, and we will. Be are we the first I, ones to hear it, though? Are we? Yeah, the, or well, did you no, run no, that no. by anyone? I had to run that by my girlfriend and my daughters a little bit. Um, and and you know, I can't. You know, my girlfriend was more into it than my daughters, hmm. <laughs> but they were a little bit into it, and uh, and they hate having hearing me sing. But no, I uh, I'm going to publish this on our Substack, oh, and yeah. I think people will see that the lyrics. You know, and, and look, I don't know. It's a classic song, but it's kind of for our generation. I can still remember Janice Ian singing it on Saturday Night Live in the 70s, and it was, it was remarkable. Go look it up. So there have you go. Have you considered an instrumental arrangement to go along with it of some you sort? You know, I, I toyed with having music in the background, but it was screwing me up. And, uh, I you know, even back to when I was in musicals in high school, I should tell you, I could never match the orchestra. They'd be like, they'd like the guy would just like start singing now. He'd have to point to me like I could never <laughs> when the bridge and how to come in. I just don't have that skill. I'm sorry. So I had to do it a cappella. Do you think that if you had the opportunity to perform this number again for Roger Goodell in a commissioner command performance, <laughs> that it would affect him so deeply, so emotionally that he would just call the whole thing off? I think if I could, if you do remember Janice Ian, and I'm telling you, the emotion with which she not. sings I that song, not. oh my God, go watch it. Like it is, and the lyrics are beautiful. And if 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 I could get someone with Janice Ian's passion and singing ability, I think he, he would start weeping and he might, he might atone for some of his sins. I really do. Yeah. I really do. But now, I, your next assignment is before, before the next uh, time we tape, which might be another two weeks, uh, you, you have extra time. I'd like you to, to put lyrics to football edge lyrics to Stevie Nicks, edge of 17. <laughs> Could you do that for me? And we'll, and we'll even get the music behind you there. That, that. Just, just to tether this back to, to sports in some way, shape or form. Uh, is there, I kind of got lost in the, in the beauty of the lyrics. What, what, what's your point is, are you trying to tell us that there shouldn't be 17 games? Is that your point? Yeah, I was just, I think the point is how hypocritical we all can be, right? And the NFL is guilty of this. You know, 
we want more, more, more. And, and, uh, but, you know, we all know like, oh, you know, the poor players like suffering all these injuries and having all these problems, but let's keep adding more games through regular season and pushing these guys more to the limit. And of course, the NFL has done a lot about saying like, oh, we're all about safety, but oh, well, let's just throw in another game. I mean, because just think those guys take a beating and you just keep adding these weeks to the season. I mean, we all remember when it was 14 and I, I know it was even fewer than that before I remembered 14. So it, it's pretty insane. All and of right, course, well, then there's expanded playoffs too. Let me ask you this. Don't you think 16 games is too much? Well, who knows? Who knows? 14, what's too- 12, 8, <laughs> 4, <laughs> 1. You don't, don't you think one game is too much if you're really, if you're really being honest with yourself? Well, don't that's why one game is too much. Yeah, that's why we are all party to this. And, you know, I call out myself at the end by saying, yeah, like we we want it, you know, like mm-hmm. even as much as I can say, oh, horrible, horrible. It's like, well, we're going to tune in and be part of this and, you know, enjoy it. And uh, and, you know, the gladiators and we just we just uh, as I've made points before here, like, you know, they when a guy gets uh, taken off on a stretcher and they say, well, the game's not important now and. And, uh, you know, all that matters is his health. But actually, let's get back to the game right now. <laughs> and we could just say, well, if that's true, just stop the game. And and let's not have anyone else get carted off on a stretcher. But no, we go, you know what? It's the price we pay and it's the price they pay. And, you know, let's move on. How has Mike avoided avoided discussing the gambling references in there? Well, yeah, I, I'd just like point. to enter two things popped to mind. I've, I you knew, first of all, you always knew it would get to the. I think they wanted 18. They originally wanted 18. Uh, the owners wanted eight. They'll, they'll take as many regular season games as they can get. These are the same people who charge full price and have always charged, as far as I know, my entire adult life and, and most of my entire aware life as a sports fan for preseason games. They charge the same price to the consumer for preseason games as for regular season. Now, this one obviously is about being able to charge the TV networks even more for the rights to broadcast. But uh, so you always knew they'd get at least one more. Does this make the, the NFL? Has they have they just become the first league to purposely schedule an odd number of games for every team? Because you know you think the 162, you think of 82. Um, that was it's a, I can't imagine. Maybe soccer comes to that way. Just you know I'm not really sure if there's a particular number every year in the MLS. Uh, and I, I, who knows how they do it in a, in a big time soccer? Maybe Tim does. But um, but to actually get us to wrap our brains around an odd number of planned games for every team. The other thing that comes to mind is 17. Well, 17 for a true Miami Dolphin fan, 17 and 0. Um, I, I'm fine if, if from one perspective, I feel for the players. It's a terrible deal for the players already with the, the least amount of guaranteed professional security of any big time sport. But uh, now it's gonna you're gonna have to be 20 and 0 to match the Shula Dolphins perf- perfection. Uh, the Patriots got out to 18 and 0 that year and they lost the Super Bowl too bad. So uh, maybe 21 and 0, right? You could you might have to be 21 and 0 if you mm-hmm. if you're going that long route. But I'm well, I don't know how you would have no, to, you would have yeah. to play the extra game. So you you if you're perfect through the regular season, you're talking 20 and 0 is now that's mm-hmm. the bar. Nobody's gonna get there. Nobody is going to get to 20-0. So I'm here to officially – oh, I don't have any champagne here. 
But uh, and and so many of our heroes, Tim, from the '72 Dolphins, are gone now, including Shula. But I'm going to figuratively open the final bottle of champagne because I am announcing here on Three Point Range that the '72 <laughs> Dolphins will never be matched. I can now say it with absolute certainty: 20-0, not happening ever. I'll I'll take that I'll take that bet in perpetuity. <laughs> Well, let me check with A-Rod and DraftKings and see how what the odds should be on that, what the proper mm-hmm. odds would be, since he owns mm-hmm. most of DraftKings now. Uh, yeah, so, um, but, I, you know, what? It, mamas, don't, don't let your babies grow up to be pro football players. That's for sure. Not a good idea. Not safe, not smart. No, nobody's really interested uh, in anything about their health. Uh, that's been well established, so. Beautiful swimming right. riding by by Kimball. Encore. Do you have anything else? Can you, can you come out after you, the after refrain? The can give you us just something sing else? That, come on. Sing that refrain one more time. There's no refrain. Oh. <laughs> There's no. Maybe the verse you like. But what's the sing along? What's what's going to get us our, our audience singing along? I think I think the 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 verse I was most proud of um, and most proud of is is you know remember those who win the game still end up living lives with pain with team doctors of poor quality who misdiagnose encephalopathy. That's, I'm pretty you proud just, of that one. Just, that's that's pretty flex. good. That's a big time pronunciation flex because I've already tripped all over it. Well, we're two thirds of the way through our, our show and uh, aren't you glad uh, that there's still one more segment? This is Mike Berardino uh, along with Tim Crothers and Kimball Crosley, this is three-point range. You, we've already teased that there's going to be Substack. What you just heard, if you enjoyed hearing it, you're also going to get to read all the lyrics and, and of course, print them out and memorize them. That will be at our three-point range Substack. You can also go to our Facebook page where you can beg Kimball to stop singing uh, in all future shows. Uh, and you also uh, could like the Facebook page. And, of course, if you want to spread the word about this podcast that just won't stop, the podcast that will not die uh, yet. This podcast can be found at uh, Google and Spotify and Stitcher and all your favorite podcast avenues. Uh, Anchor.fm is where we originate. All right, so the final point that uh, I'm pretty sure I researched my rebuttal more than, um, well, I'd just like to say an apology I'd like to just offer up, and I've seen enough already. I, I believe about roughly 10 shows ago, um, uh, <laughs> I was all in on the idea of Tim Tebow going to the NFL to play for Urban Meyer and maybe be his locker room spy and help uh, with the uh, first year conversion from college to the pros for Urban Meyer. Um, but then I saw a very short clip of Tim Tebow attempt the tight end Tim Tebow attempting to block on a running play for Dare Ogunbowale, who I would like you to know I have not just met but have interviewed because that's Arike Ogunbowale's brother, fine yeah. gentleman. Arike, of course, the championship uh, women's basketball star at Notre Dame of the past and now fine WNBA player. But Dare Ogunbowale deserved much better blocking from his tight end than Tim Tebow could offer. What Tim Tebow did was really, uh, it was kind of like uh, what you see from, say, uh, 
a Tom Brady after, as a pick six is unfolding, and you just kind of run by the the uh, cornerback as he's racing down the sideline. You pretend to make a tackle attempt, or in this case, uh, a block attempt. Um, Tim Tebow just kind of nudged the gentleman who was already down uh, with the defensive end, which kind of like his shoulder, just part of his shoulder pad. It was very gentle. If you haven't seen the clip, watch it, uh, and uh, you will be um, – either move to uh, laughter or to, uh, if you were, in, as I was, in favor of Tim Tebow trying this experiment, uh, perhaps uh, an apology. So uh, the, the main stats on the game, 16 snaps for Tebow. He was targeted just once. He did not catch that ball. Um, and uh, he didn't play on special teams, which is odd for a guy who's about the fifth string tight end trying to make a conversion from minor league baseball and formerly a quarterback to so I, I guess I'm just going to stick with the idea that he was just brought in to give interviews and, as we mentioned in the earlier podcast, to uh, divert uh, attention from any mistakes that uh, Urban Meyer might make in this in this startup process. Um, but um, if they carry him on that roster now, I mean, even on the uh, even on the uh, on the uh, taxi squad. Um, it's going to be highly controversial because no one's going to forget what, what he attempted to do there, so-called blocking. It was it was abysmal. It was pathetic. And um, and uh, I apologize for thinking that he could do this. Did you guys see that? You could not have you could not have teed that ball up any prettier for Kimball and I. I mean that that you, you, he just placed it on the tee, and I am ready to to boot this down the field because because. Tim Tebow, for reasons you just alluded to, is a is an awesome blocker. In fact, that's the that's the whole reason he's there. As as you mentioned, was discussed in an earlier podcast. He he is blocking the press from from the real issue. How many times in that in that uh, diet? Oh no. Okay, Tim. Tim, we've lost Kimball. All right. Well, hold on. I'm we, back. I'm back. back. I'm back. How many? I don't know how how far I got, but how many times in that in that diatribe you just gave did you mention the name Trevor Lawrence? Not one. Zero. One. Zero times. And that's what Tim Tebow is there for. He is blocking you from Trevor Lawrence, and he did it incredibly successfully. Look at that. Look at that. It was a pancake block, bud. You got nothing. You got nowhere near Trevor Lawrence. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of this. Now, how long it's going to last, I don't know. But in terms of what he's done up to now, he has he has laid the ultimate pancake block on the press. And we, you know, we've let Tre Trevor Lawrence just actually play like a rookie quarter quarterback like anybody else and not, not uh, torn him apart six ways to Sunday yet. And a part of that is thanks to Tebow. So good job, Urban Meyer. You've gotten you've gotten everything you would have hoped for out of Tim Tebow now, and uh, and we'll see what we what we get moving forward. But I think he's already done his job. <laughs> well, I have never been a Tim Tebow guy, so I enjoy his he was failures. Your nice child. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Nice Sorry, Tim. I used you like you have used so many of us. <laughs> I, I went for the publicity and let my child pose with you, knowing that it would be a great photo op. But yes, 
you know, look, I am, as we all know, a jet, long-suffering Jets fan, and the Tim Tebow days and moments and weeks were among the low points and the desperate points. And I got to see him, you know, do his thing. And yeah, I'm, I'm just, I would be happy to see him fail um, <laughs> this. And, and of course I enjoyed that, but let, you know, it was just one play sure, <laughs> and, sure. and um, I'm sure lots of guys have missed a block and <laughs> looked bad. So we'll see. We'll see. He looked huge, though, right? I mean, he was, he's, you know, yeah, even bigger than he, yeah. he He's pretty big dude right now. Yeah. So we'll see how that, that goes. But I, that's a great point by Tim that he's, he's blocking us from the rest. I don't think they need to take any pressure off Trevor Lawrence, though. I think he's going to be fine. Trevor Lawrence is, is the real deal. I, I'd be shocked if he didn't have a fine NFL career. Um, and I would have said that from the minute he, he finally he, he showed up at Clemson, really. He was just an obvious uh, star in waiting, and he's got everything you want in a modern quarterback, and including shoulder-length hair. But uh, uh, he'll be fine. Um, but it's more about Urban Meyer. I, I do think Urban Meyer is going to screw up some things and uh, uh, may already have. And, and Tim's point is, is well noted that, uh, that having uh, – Tim Tebow around uh, to uh, deflect, whether it's the questions or uh, just eating up the time. So many times when a coach is in front of the press in the NFL, it's all timed to the second, and uh, they're only going to really want to talk about their topics anyway. But, yeah, every I suppose every question about a guy who's not even going to sniff the final 53-man roster uh, is, uh, is a second where Urban Meyer doesn't have to talk about the stuff he's trying to obfuscate. So, yeah, I, I, whatever they're paying them, I suppose just on that uh, in that regard, uh, that's enough. But uh, I I'm apologizing because I really thought he could do this uh, leg legitimately. I thought he, he might be able to figure that out uh, on the athletic side, and he looked like a, he looked like a thirty. Basically, he looked like a dad uh, playing in a park with his kids and you know making sure nobody got hurt and just kind of you know just joshing around. He was just joshing with the third string defensive end on that play. And of course he was blocking for Dare Ogunbowale. Uh, well, that's the show. I believe that's our show. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, leave a comment. Uh, if you choose to some suggestions, maybe some calls for maybe a, some more contributions from Kimball's dad. I think we need to get him involved in the show. That's a little tease <laughs> of a future show. We have things in development and he's holding out for more guarantee. Uh, for Tim Crothers and singing Kimball Crosley, the singing scout, this is Mike Berardino. Thanks for listening. Ease our pain.